It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind It is me Back in the place to be Can you believe I'm recording in my pajamas Like I just Ooh It's that time of the month Baby And I could not be asked to like Get dressed All over again So basically Don't worry I have bathed today Because I feel like That would be the question That's on everybody's minds I have in fact Bathed Um Went earlier on today to go and see Hey Dougie, the the theatre show at South Bank I think today was the last day So took Lev to go and watch Hey Dougie Um, Chaotic, chaotic in terms of, you know, the energy of the audience But I guess that's what happens when you've got like hundreds of little children You know, excited about this dog Is is Dougie a dog? They are? I don't know But um yeah, it was it was great though. It was lots of fun. And so went to do that earlier on. Went home, made some like nice yam <coughs> with sauce and fish. Sauce to the vegans. Um had that, but I'm so tired. As, as, ever since I started doing the work with Laurence about resting on the days when um I'm bleeding and stuff. Um you just notice more You're like once you start doing it You just notice how your body doesn't want to be doing A whole bunch during that time But of course I needed to come and record And I'd already like changed into my PJs and stuff So just kept my PJs on Threw on a hoodie And then drove over to my office to record this So it's going to be short and well, It's not actually going to be short Because I've recorded an amazing interview With Alice Sparkly Cat And they're an amazing astrologer Who've who um, I've had a reading with before And it was just so, so beneficial And Alice speaks about astrology In such a beautiful sort of um, Really, it's abstract and then it's not It's um, it's abstract and it's then very like real term Like real time at the same time <coughs> That feels like it rhymes Or even that rhymed I'm on a roll Anyway uh, I've got that interview with Alice Sparkly Cat. So we talk about the major astrological placements that are taking place, or placements, the main astro, um, the major astrological transits that are happening this year, and what that might mean for us as uh, a collective, what that might mean for, mean for us as individuals. So um, the these bits that I'm doing in and around it, uh, you know, ideally are short, but you should still have a decent, juicy episode for a Monday. The main thing to um, note: the tickets for the New York show are out. They're selling. They're selling, girl. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna pop a link in the show notes. So you can grab your tickets So my New Yorkers I don't even care if you don't even live in New York If you live in Toronto Omar, If you live in Atlanta Even if you live in LA If you live in Texas Go and gather your bits Gather your coins This is your sign Get, And don't let me hear anything from you lot That are in the DMV tri-state area You have no fucking excuse, yeah Get yourself over That is a short enough drive You lot drive 17 hours to get to the supermarket anyway So you can manage Yo, 
You know when it got to me That like certain places in America You can't just even like Just walk to the shop like that Or walk to the supermarket like that You man have to like drive Like yeah I'm just gonna get in my car No girl It only takes about 30 minutes Yeah just 30 minutes To get to the supermarket Anyway Anyway Um I say all of that to say, go and get your tickets. Looking forward to the live show in New York. Um, it's going to be a mood. It's going to be a vibe. Definitely, definitely. What else have I been up to? Well, no, uh, this week I am, it's beautiful actually. I'm directing a series of short, um, I'm directing a series of short, uh, like duologues for the Young Vic Theatre, which is brilliant because, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that around this time of the year, the second week in January, I would usually be acting in them. Um, and this year I'm directing them. Uh, I'm one of the directors and I'm really, really excited because I love directing as much as I love acting. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to doing that. And then the sharing will take place on Friday and I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to what I end up, uh, creating in collaboration with the writers and the actors and seeing what we bring to life. So big up the Young Vic for, um, Young Vic Neighbourhood, uh, voices for asking me to come through to do that. Um, I think that's that. Okay. Let me just get into the tarot because I can't just be wasting time like this. Uh, let me respond to this. People always checking where I am. Uh, now recording. Soon. Um, let's see. So what did I choose? Here we go. I should have just kept it on the, uh, the letter. There's so many. Thank you for sending your things in and sending your updates as well. Greatly appreciated. Oh, this is the one I've um, liked. Hi, Kalechi. First, can I say thanks for the platform you've provided us? And I must mention you have been glowing even more than usual lately. Your fits have been so sexy and fire. Thank you. (coughs) Not this cough. We see you. My tarot question is, how can I tap into finally becoming the best version of myself? I suffer from depression. The lack of productivity makes me feel pathetic. And in the past, I suffered badly. I suffered badly with having a low self-esteem as I was bullied for being dark skin. Don't worry, I've gotten over this in recent years and truly love my skin. I even reflect back at those years and I'm frustrated I let people get inside my head because my skin truly looks stunning. It's actually crazy. My mother, who was abusive and colorist, I no longer have a relationship with her, made me and my siblings feel that there was something about us that made us as black African women inferior. And I witnessed her reduce herself uh, to others. I definitely did internalize this despite not agreeing with her thinking and behavior. I've had to work really hard to battle uh, negative self-talk, self-doubt and learn how to stand up for myself. I feel stagnant in life and have these desires, but I just cannot tap into myself so that I can reach them. Below is my chart and I'm in my mid-twenties for context. (coughs) Thank you. Okay, let's get into it. So, sun in Pisces, moon in Aquarius. Interesting. Oh, so you've got your uh, sun, Venus, Mercury in Pisces as well. Oh, 
That's nice. And you're Mars and Libra. So you really, you really do care about things being fair and just. And then you've got Jupiter and the moon and Aquarius. Such a, I mean, I can't see the houses, but I can just see the, where the placements are in the signs. Um, And this is really interesting. You're about to, no, 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 I was going to say something else. No, you're not. And then you've got your North Node in Virgo. No, this is really useful. Thank you. It's good to be able to read this and why in certain regards, you're able to mentally detach from the things that you're told that you know are incorrect about who you are and what your value is. Um, But at the same time, that Pisces sun makes everything feel a, a bit like intangible, like you can't hold on to it. Um, you're about to have your Saturn return. I think that's what I was going to say, because you are, right? Saturn's about to go into Pisces because Saturn's about to go into my 12th house. So it's, it's been in your, um, Saturn's been mingling almost with your moon in Aquarius and um, Jupiter as well, which has probably helped you and your and Uranus as well that's been there. So everything for you, you're, I think you're not through the period of just like lots of change. Now that Saturn's going into Pisces, I feel that you are growing up in certain ways. Um, you will be grown up in ways that you wouldn't have imagined, but it's going to not feel so harsh because you've already had Saturn doing all of these bits with your moon. But Jupiter's been there to kind of being like, oh no, um, you know, let's hold, let's hold this down. Let's take this easy. So I feel like the next three years are still part of like, um, a major shift for you and it's to be welcomed. Yeah. It's to be welcomed. Like you've got this anyway, let's see about you tapping into your potential. What's the message for you to tap into your potential? Um, let's see here. Okay, so you've got two of swords in reverse. You've got the eight of cups in reverse, um, eight of wands in reverse, and you've got the page of pentacles. Really interesting. Um, Saturn and Libra. Um, what's it? Saturn and Libra. Yeah, just the vibe that I get from this is that um, your potential never leaves you. Like, Tapping into it, it's interesting that you phrase it that way um, because it's not necessarily anything you need to like, I guess, tap into. You're just needing to live. Like so much has happened that you've closed yourself off from mentally. Um, I guess also with mentioning your mother because the moon is in the card of the two of swords in reverse. Like so much has happened with your mum and stuff that in trying to shut all of that out, you've also shut out other things that you need to address and to bring to the surface. You've got the eight of cups in reverse here that because there's basically, there's a lot of things for you to process that you can't, that until you do, you're finding it hard to walk away from. I'm walking away. And so the messages that you're looking for, eight of wands, aren't really coming to you. And then you've got the page of pentacles here. Um, that once you do that, it opens up the opportunity for you to um, 
see that potential. That's why the coin is here, that the page of pentacles holding that coin to be able to see that you are the potential. Like there's nothing else you need to do other than open yourself up to life and allow for things to happen, but also allow for things to come to the surface that you may have been pushing back because I'm sure it was really, really painful having to navigate um, a mother that's meant to feel safe um, and to feel loving and have them be the bane of G, the letter G's here, um, have them be the bane of um, a lot of your previous insecurities and probably some um, things that might still need to be worked out. And then the letter I, and some things that might still um, need to be worked out. You need to, um, oh, I I would encourage you to, if you're not already, and if it's possible for you to um, find a way, it doesn't necessarily have to be traditional therapy. I don't really like these days. Oh, I've seen the houses now. No, do I have, do I have the houses? No, I don't have the houses. I think maybe you, oh, I do have the houses. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see where Aquarius is, Pisces and Pisces is your fourth house, right? Is it your fourth? Oh, this is an equal sign. So this is a whole sign. Sorry. Anyway, um, I don't really want to recommend the traditional like, oh, therapy, therapy. No, this feels more like, um, yeah, I don't want to recommend therapy. This just feels more like finding a way to, to express the things inside that maybe you don't know how to talk about or don't feel comfortable talking about with other people. That's what's coming up here. I don't know whether art is your vibe, whether uh, writing poetry is your vibe, but there's something here about you finding a way to express the things that you are not, um, not currently expressing. So you can't walk away from that's, um, that's basically it. You're clearly a strong-willed person because even with these pussy cluts that try to bully you um about your skin color or your skin tone you still rose above it but there are still things to explore there especially regarding um your mum and just being able to write it out paint it out draw it out speak it out um whatever you need but you need to find a way to release it so it can release you. And then that potential will naturally come to the fore. I feel like the potential that you're trying to tap into, in fact, as the way that you phrased it is actually in the um, admittance and the exploration of what these things have been for you. And um, this funny because the card that comes out for you in the dickhead and recovery um, affirmation cards is the child in me deserves stability, honesty, and kindness. Look at that. Look at that. That's, that's the thing. The child in you holds the potential. Hence we see the paint, uh, the page of pentacles because you know, the page is inexperienced. It's younger. It's, you know, full of energy and vibes, but it lacks structure. But that's what Saturn is coming to bring to you. Um, when you're during your Saturn return, right? Um, the child in me deserves stability, honesty, and kindness. For that potential, the child, our inner child holds our potential. It holds everything because the inner child has the expansive, limitless imagination that allows us to create anything um, that is born of us and is within us. But if that child does not feel safe to come to the fore because everybody's been moving mad, then the potential also does not come to the fore. So in wanting to tap into your potential, what you're really wanting to tap into is where your inner child is and letting them know that it's safe to come out and with them 
comes the imagination with them comes the limitless um limitless possibilities um and the uh ability to not feel fear of failing like children aren't there going oh you know up it's up until a certain age, children aren't there going, oh, well, if I get it wrong, they're not really scared of getting it wrong. They're not, they just play. And so in tapping into that, you allow yourself space for play. And then, you know, I feel like everything comes to you from that point. So I, I, I really hope that that speaks to you because I feel like the message was super clear. What's at the bottom of the deck? Ace of cups in reverse. Like everything's within you. Like everything's within you is waiting to pour out, waiting to, you know, to be released. It just, you need to choose which channel. You could try various channels. How do you get this message out? How do you express this? Um, You don't have to share it with anybody, but you need to be able to get it out so that, that you start building that, kind of deeper connection with your inner child and then therefore your intuition as well and everything just flows you find that you have more of an inner an inner alignment because with that Pisces uh with those Pisces placements um and your Aquarius placements from what I can see here there is a strong link between what you feel and then what you're able to then think and bring to the fore like they have to be in alignment and if they're off then it's almost like you can't jump that gap. So bear that in mind. And I pray that it resonates with you. And um, yeah, that's that. I will big up this week's show sponsors who are Dipsy. And we will get to the interview with um, Alice Sparkly Cat. Be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Dipsy. So finish this sentence in your mind, please. Because some of you are on the train and then you're You're cackling there like three witches. Finish this sentence in your mind. I deserve a sex life that is what? What comes to your mind? That's it. Don't be afraid to embrace that because whatever it is, you deserve it. You deserve it. And Dipsy can help you get there in new and sexy ways. So, Dipsy is an app that's full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories, and they're designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. And you could discover stories about, I don't know, second chance romances, <clears throat> adventurous vac- uh, vacation flings, and, you know, hot and heavy hookups. Whatever your vibe is, it's radically inclusive. Um, Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and 50, uh, 56% of the stories are voice acted by people of color. And um, new content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find new things um, and new stories to explore. So for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash straws. That's D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash straws. Um, you get 30 days full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash straws. So go and get your sexy stories on. And now we'll get to share your magnificence and my show your magnificence I guess is pretty much just the interview with um Alice Alice Sparkly Cat um they're absolutely amazing with uh, what they do and I hope that you enjoy what we get into 
Thank you, Alice, for joining me. And um, before this, prior to this, I would have already told everybody. I mean, I've mentioned you um, many times on a podcast before, but I would have already talked to them about the incredible work that you do. And I just want to give them an example. Um, so you have the um, 2023, a small astrological journal that's out now that everyone can get from www.alicesparklycat.com. I'll put it in the show notes. But I love that when I get to, because I looked through the whole thing and I was like, okay, I need to start doing my homework. And you wrote here, Venus exalts for most of February. This is the wettest transit. Oh, this is the wettest Venus transit of the year. Happily pet yourself, feeling how good it feels to just touch and appreciate the tenderness of the insides of your elbows. I said, come through, Alice. Come through. <laughs> you know what's funny about this is um like two two people email me. It's like I'm getting the journal for my kids. I was like, oh, you know, by the way, I like I tell everyone to be really horny in February. So just in case. And they're like, you know, don't worry, my kids are actually adults. Okay. <laughs> I got scared twice. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not that kind of journal, baby. But um, <laughs> it is so perfect because I love the sensuality that you um, kind of exude when talking about uh, astrology. I remember reading... Um, your breakdown for a Scorpio moon, like your, when it comes to wanting to feel like held and at the same time challenged in my understanding of astrology, I go to your website and I'm just reading this endless amount of work that you've essentially given people for free. And, you know, there, you know, of course there are um, modes for us to sign up and to support and it's important that we do so. But I'm just thinking about the average person that just comes through. They're trying to learn about astrology. And you've given this wealth of yeah. just, you know, different blogs that break down so many things. And the Scorpio moon description was like the best Scorpio moon descri- um, description I've ever like read. So you. in your journey with astrology, how did you get to there where you're like, it's never doom and gloom with you. It's more like, okay, these are the facts. All right. And then this is how I've interpreted the facts done. Oh yeah. Um, Thanks for saying that. Like, yeah, I really appreciate you reading. I mean, reading the website and then um, like, you know, anyone who's doing so too. I mean, I have a Pisces Mercury, so it is kind of like, coming out and then okay like someone's reading at least it's not like my fan fiction days (laughs) (laughs) no Uh, i I started with astrology back in 2015 and then um you know just got obsessed with it and i mean i was working like a cashier job so i had like a computer my pos system and then i would just look up astrology stuff like the whole day because it was it was boring so that's <laughs> how I uh, learned and then you know with books too a lot of used books things like that um so again then um you know just the obsession continued which um yeah I'm, I'm sure yeah you've been there with some things where the obsession just continues too yeah it just grows ever more and I really resonate with what you said about like you know, you've got the computer. So you're just like, I'm just going to look up things all day. I find that now when I'm talking to um, friends and family, I'm always implementing astrology 
um, the little bits that I'm, you know, yeah. gleaning and like learning from different people and like different astrologers that I enjoy. And it's just feeding into conversation. And I was just like, wow, because astrology's always been there as part of conversation. We just didn't use the language. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, so my brother, there were, um, last year when Jupiter, um, well, Jupiter's still in, well, it's gone into Aries now, but when we had this whole like fanfare of Jupiter entering into Pisces and stuff, I was saying to my brother, oh, this is great because, you know, this is a really good time to buy your first apartment because that's oh. fourth house. And lo and behold, it all kind of just fell into place. And I'm like, maybe that was always going to happen, but I just learned words for what was happening. That's so cool. It's like, you know, it's kind of like, like, I don't know, like disturbing actually like when you see like, you know, oh, this is going to happen. And then it like comes to life in some way, especially when it's like a family or someone like close to you, a family member or someone close to you. Yeah. yeah. And pardon me, that's what like beautiful things like that. It says a lot or someone's going through something. A family yeah. member or a friend that you've yeah. got their chart, they're going through something, and you're like, just have a look at your transit. And this yeah. is me just being somebody that's like avidly interested in astrology, not yeah. having any sort of kind of expertise, as it were, but just you just get a sense of understanding, and it doesn't solve the issue, nor does it possibly make whatever you're going through that's hard any easier. However, it just gives you context. Right. Like it, it gives you language. Yes. You know, I had, I had this experience with Carol the other day. Mm. And then, so, you know, I was, I was doing a spread for the new year. And then I was like, I had a card in the home position mm-hmm. and it turned out to be nine of swords. Oh. And then I had only had that uh, card show up once before. And it was when like a friend of mine got cancer. So like, I just like, you know, I was really like, uh, like feeling a lot of dread around seeing this card in the home position. And then after I saw that card, like I became physically ill. Like I thought I had a fever. I went to bed early, you know? Um, yeah. I like, you know, I couldn't breathe. Um, I thought maybe like I was having some kind of weird, like months after COVID symptom, but I couldn't breathe. And then, um, and then I got over it the next day around the same time I was talking with my friend and I was telling them about the experience. And it's like, I think I was just like really triggered by the card or something. And then it was the nine of swords as soon as I said that. And, you know, so the previous day, the thing I was scared like the most about was, uh, the health of my grandparents mm-hmm. thing that came to me around the dread. Um, I was telling my partner that too, the next day, as soon as I said the nine, it was the nine of swords. My mom called me and then she was like, your grandpa's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was around the same time, the two evenings. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I mean, it was like, actually like my partner was there too. And they were like, I got chills when your mom called you. It was the exact thing that you had that physical sensation of. I, yeah. Just the other day. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, cause I'm not an expert. I have no expertise with tarot. So I wonder if there's something about like, you know, when you're coming into it where it's like almost working even more. That's it. I think it's one of those things, even with astrology, because it's sad to have, you know, a grandparent that then you're worrying about their health and they've gone into hospital and that. And that's what, when you know, when I was saying about astrology, like, it doesn't make it better. You're still going to feel the dread because you care about this person. Yeah. It's just almost like you've got a container for what that, what is happening mm-hmm. uh, yeah. or that you've got this preemptive kind of um 
notion about it And I feel like once you first start Whether it's astrology, whether it's tarot It's like you're bombarded with messages Because it's almost like Whatever energy was trying to use that specific channel To speak with you or to uh, convene with you It's like Because you haven't had And then over time it's kind of like You know, it's like an excited friend You haven't Your first time you meet someone And you're like, wow, we vibe, we get on And you're just talking and you're just talking And you're just talking Eventually it kind of calms down Because you kind of pick up their temperament and you kind of just find a rhythm. Um, I feel the way that you feel whenever I get the tower card, like whenever I'm doing a spread for myself and a tower card comes out, I'm just like, here we go. Because whatever, it's usually my business. It's usually whenever I see the tower, it's something pertaining to wow. my business. And so I'm like, here we go. But now I don't know, there's something about having done it for so long. You just kind of, Oh, okay. Well, whatever it is, I'll sort it. And that's it. You know, like you, it gets to that point where whatever it is, I'll sort it because every time this card has come out, it hasn't been something that I have not been able to accept or change or whatever. So whatever it is, it is what it is. You know, I have a funny story about the tower card too, is I kept getting it before birthday. I got it twice. And then um, on my birthday, I woke up and then like there was smoke in my whole apartment. My roommates were running around and like one of my roommates set the place on fire. <laughs> I was like, wow, it's so literal. Literally. Wow. Wow. And even when you uh, mention about, you know, getting the call um, and everything and the physical symptoms that you felt were the physical symptoms that meant that your yeah. grandparent had to go into hospital. I think about how, and I think you talked about it before in um, one of the your posts where we are just like a universe. So because of our interconnectedness, we are just moving parts of the universe. So anything happening somewhere, especially someone very, very close to us whom we love dearly, yeah. the likelihood is that we would pick up on that. Because I remember when my, before I found out that my dad had passed away, so that was like 2014. Um, yeah, around that time. So I, yeah, it was, or was it, yeah, I think it was about 2014. Um, I was just, you know, um, f- having particular ailments for days on end. There was no oh. explanation for it. There was no explanation whatsoever. I went to the doctors. They were like, no, you're perf- perfectly fine. Everything's fine. Nothing wrong. And then the night before I got the news that he passed, I was almost delirious like mm. I was so ill like everything was spinning yeah. for me like I could not hold on to a surface and I had to like get into bed and the next morning I just went onto Facebook and my half-sister had posted oh I can't believe this my dad has passed away so that's my dad and so yeah. I always think about the fact that I found out through Facebook that my dad had passed away um yeah. but then instantly I stopped feeling all the things that I'd been feeling, the ailments oh, wow. like in that moment, almost as if I was with him physically in the final kind of days or um, hours of his life on earth. Mm-hmm. And so it just reminded me of that, like how when yeah. we love, we create a almost a, a tunnel mm-hmm. of connectivity and we feel things viscerally that those we care about, what they're feeling, maybe just in extreme mm-hmm. circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's just like shocking how physical it is. It's like, yeah. And you can have like no information or like think 
or like not even see someone for years. And then it's like, it's so physical. It's like an actual ailment. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but then that's why I love astrology so much because it just, it is that idea of we're not just this physical body. We're not just what this is. There is, there is so much more at play than mm-hmm. our kind of just culmination of individual cells. Yeah. So, you know, it's, that's mm-hmm. why I, I, I love what you bring to the table. <laughs> Pardon me. And also I have to say a massive thank you because I got my reading with you just before my 12th house perfection year. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And I remember we were chatting and um, the sessions with you are great because it's a collaborative process. As you say, it's a conversation. It's not somebody going, I'm going to guess your life and you confirm whether I've guessed correctly. It's like, I see this. What do you think this means for you? So you're participating in the kind of un unearthing of what it is that you're doing. Right. And you are the one person when you talked about the 12th house perfection, again, that you didn't come with doom and gloom. You were like, so it's um, a thing. Like, it's, it's a thing. It, it, you learn a lot and it's a thing. So there cool. you go. I'm and glad. I just thought that, that was beautiful. Like, how do you hold back from that? Like, you know, like the, the amount of sort of information that's out there that's like, oh, the 12th house perfection is going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Um, and not be that, not not let that be something that you give over to clients and people that you talk with about astrology. Well, I mean, I guess one thing I like kind of come in with is um, like when a client comes to me, I assume they know their chart already. And then um, maybe they're like, hey, I'm not like delineating it in a three paragraph essay or something. Like <laughs> but like, um, like, you know, they, they, they know their own body. They know their life. They know um, like themselves. So we're just um, like exploring that and then seeing if we make any discoveries along the way. And then if we don't, that's fine too. There's probably a reason why. Um, so I guess, um, again, like, cause a lot of times like, you know, the website is, that's really my like writing expression, but the client stuff is about the expression of the client. Mm. So um, yeah, like, you know, I do hold myself um, like, you know, like smaller in the client session so that the client has room to expand. So the doom and gloom, I mean, cause I go through doom and gloom, you know, and that's my own stuff. Um, that's my own like anxiety or um, dread, like attach my own experiences. But um, you know, what I do is I just try to like make myself a little smaller when I'm working with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, we might even share doom and gloom, um, but like we're there together. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I and we and we did, I guess, in a certain regard, when we were talking about my Aries rising, and you posit you posited a, a question that so what does that feel like? Because we see Aries as almost like um the the either like the oldest one in the class or the youngest one in the class. Like, what does it feel like being that sort of first one? You know, oh. <laughs> and through having that discussion, I was just like, again, it gave me a container for what my experience is in the public sphere. I feel like a lot of things shifted for me then, considering that I grew up as the eldest daughter in my household, but and I almost performed that eldest daughter function 
Mm. within the collective where you carry the stress, the anxiety, the foreboding, looking ahead and trying to fix this and fix that. Meanwhile, everybody's Mm. criticizing how you're going about doing that thing. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Like there's something about what you just said about like, you know, like, you know, you're, you're like watching out for people and then people are criticizing. It's like, that's so like, I don't know. It like resonates with me. It's so Aries. Um, I mean, like, and I'm an Aries son and then um, my mom's an Aries rising too. And then we were talking about something very similar the last time I saw her. So, yeah. yeah. And but is that exciting? You're an Aries son and then Jupiter's going into Aries. Yeah. Yeah. He's in yeah. Aries now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Does that feel like woo? Yay! Mm-hmm. I feel uh, like it'll feel like a party. Yeah, I mean, I let's see when it went into Aries, December twentieth. Yes, and then you know it's it's been interesting. Yeah, it's been an interesting time. Uh, like a lot of family stuff has been going on, mm. and then it's the you know it's my third house of siblings. So actually, one interesting thing is like my cousin has been calling me a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I've definitely been experiencing the transit. Um, yeah, yeah. And so then, um, getting on to why we said, you know, let's have this conversation, and I hope we have many more, you know, conversations. Um, even working my way through your book has been so helpful. I think we can even start there, like working my way through um, your book and talking about how we, almost like how we decolonize astrology literally the title of the book like decolonize how we decolonize astrology right um the term how we how we characterize planets so do you do you find sometimes that you know people might uh and I think you've even written that could be wrong where somebody will talk about Jupiter and it's all exciting and it's expansion and it's this and it's that and it's almost like but is that a western almost capitalist idea of what Jupiter is about and could right. there be other modes of interpreting Jupiter that isn't about almost excess and greed? Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, the, the book, um, Post-Colonial Astrology, like, yeah, I do want to say, you know, um, yeah, I really want to mention, like, this is my dream that post-coloniality is in alliance with decoloniality but um you know i i am a settler so um you know i you know like uh decoloniality that's not my lane that's something that is like something i'm like you know trying to figure out like how to support continually so mm-hmm. um like the yeah the archetypes in the book the seven planets it's like like there's something really like kind of weird when we think about them as like universals or apolitical they're kind of like mm-hmm. free floating mm-hmm. and then it's like yeah where, where's the meaning so a lot of the project the book is like how do we reconstruct uh erased uh histories and also repressed memories mm-hmm. dealing with the seven archetypes so then they're actually like maybe more useful to actual people too yeah, yeah definitely yeah. and um yeah and you're right about the interchanging of post-colonial with decolonial or decolonizing <clears throat> and seeing that they can't, I, I, I'm always, I guess, with um, Nigerianists, like switching be- between the two, because it's something that you want and also something that you're tr- understanding yourself through in one regard and the other. Yeah. Um, but then actually they are separate things that they are happening almost simultaneously. So no, thank you for that. Um, yeah. So in terms of, 
I mean, now we've got Mars retrograde, we've got Mercury retrograde. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the year, what's your, you know, I, I'd say less maybe even the beginning of the year. What are you, what's your kind of perspective on what we are doing collectively, whether it's in form of like healing or as you say, unearthing of um, repressed memories? Because I do feel like we are in a state of part of our suffering collectively is because we have repressed memories um and we're seeing them play out as memories repressed memories do we're seeing them play out but we're not able to trace back what is it that we are projecting as a collective Mm, yeah yeah like that tracing yeah i mean in 2023 like something that's kind of significant is Pluto going to uh, Aquarius for the first. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It goes back. So it's only there for a few months and then it returns in 2024 for like a full 20 years. So that's like, uh, like, you know, it's, it's just such a uh, like breakage. It's like a demarcation of this is an era, the end of an era and the beginning of the new one. The last time Pluto entered a new sign was in 2008. So that's when it entered. Capricorn yeah um, yeah the the trans 2023 they do feel really different from the last few years too yeah and is is that um is that encouraging because I guess people are also looking for hope sometimes you can't give them false hope but <clears throat> based on the sorts of transits that we've experienced but the past let's say three years right and then we've had um ice lockdowns and everything else um Noting that the astrology this year feels slightly different, do you feel like we're possibly moving to somewhere where it feels a bit free? But I worry about that quote unquote freedom because are we just pushing down what's all, you know, um, kind of trying to push down what's happening to appear free or we're genuinely moving towards a better understanding of things? Ooh, yeah. I wonder what each one would look like. Yeah, and that's like that distinction you made is so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like the image of freedom versus like actually understanding ourselves. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh there's I mean, there's a big shift with Jupiter going into Aries too. Cause so this is also like in um what's it like Badza reading, so Chinese astrology. Um, it's the start of like a spring cycle. So like a warm season. Um, and then since two, 2019, like 2019 to 2022, it's been like a cold season. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually one of the, the things dealing with that is like more diseases too. Oh. I know. So it's like, um, so the chart for this year, for this new year, which is coming up on the 21st, like, um, in the lunar calendar, it's like a lot of heat. There's a lot of fire in that chart. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's it just like there's in multiple systems, it feels like there's some kind of change, like some kind of like, you know, warming up or speeding up with Jupiter and Aries. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I have no idea what it will be like, but it doesn't feel like the last three years because the last three years like with all the Saturnian stuff with Saturn domicile like kind of um you know traveling through um Aquarius and also Capricorn where it's like the ruler of the chart for so much of the time it feels like very deadlocked and it feels like things like can't change 
Um, mm. And then, yeah, that's changing for the first time in 2023 to Saturn's moving into Pisces. So it yeah. exits its home. Yeah. And, and so then, you know, Pisces is a whole different vibe and, yeah. and I'm, you know, Pisces, that's my 12th house. So again, when I thought about, Oh my God, Saturn's moving into my 12th house. Oh my God, what's going to happen to me? And again, just being open to explorations because prior to, sometimes I take myself to prior to learning about astrology, I, I just got on with it. Right. Yeah. And so you just get on with it. <laughs> like just get on with it. Um, and, and see what themes are possible. Um, but yeah, they, it, it, then seeing or thinking about how um, the way that the archetype of Saturn is described, like, you know, strict and, and, and discipline and structure and, and um, isolation in, in certain regards. And then Pisces being dreamy as they, people like to see it as and almost non-committal, right? Mm. How do those, how do those conversations happen? And I and I just feel like Saturn right now is making me think about a collective initiation that we all have to do in just generally, wherever it is, it's about us being initiated and learning a particular theme while it does what it does. And then in Pisces, may I, because there's this whole movement, you see different kind of movements online, whatever it may be, whichever kind of faction of social media that you're in or on. You see things about, you know, luxury, this, there's a, there's an escapism that people yearn for. Right. And so then it makes it so we, we don't come back. We, we don't even come back to the subject. The whole point of escapism is, I guess we go, but we come back and we're not coming back. So I feel like Saturn and Pisces is almost like, no, you've got to come back and, <laughs> and see what all of this is. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're really onto something because, you know, um, like such a big part of uh, like, you know, collective engagement or escapism, whatever you want to call it. I think it was BTS. And then, you know, like, yeah, Jin's in the military now. Yoongi has to go in March, I think. Um, something wow. like that. So, yeah, you know, they're on this hiatus and at least for like their, what, like 30 something million fans, like we have to... Yeah, we have to go back into reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a significant number of people. Too. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and this kind of like taking away the the dream. I mean, so much of their work has to do with dreams. To their first song, "No More Dream." Wow. And, yeah. No, I, there are massive BTS fans that listen to the podcast. Um, Jonathan is a major one. Of them, he loves K-pop. He's very serious about it, um, and yeah, I, that's it, isn't it? That is, I, just, I, I look at that, and I, I sometimes think about how, in certain regards, astrology. We talk about it being a language, and how that language can be used almost as poetry. <clears throat> so, noting that, noting that yeah. there is a call for us to return from. A space where because I feel like yeah. life is hard, you know, like this life is hard, and you want and need and desire and require things that appease you or alleviate the harshness of life sometimes. And then maybe there's a requirement to still come back and face it. Otherwise, you're not really participating in life. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, pleasure is part of life too. Yeah. And the no more, like the dream part is, I mean, it's making me think about like, like, you know, the American dream, um, there's like the Chinese dream now too, which we kind of see like exploding. Um, like people don't believe in it anymore too with the Saturn going to Pisces. I don't know if there's a UK equivalent of like this kind of um, like aspirational dream that's also really nationalistic. You're right. You are right. We have that in them. Um, it's almost, like, uh, and oh, you're onto something, Alice, because when Elizabeth died, the queen, um, last year now, I think that that's probably when we started to feel the effects of Saturn already, oh. you know, you kind of getting moving and getting ready to go into Pisces because she has been the hope and the dream of the British identity, right? So when they think about Britannia ruling the waves, you know, they talk about, oh, the sun never sets on Britannia. And they also say, yeah, the blood never dries. They never finish that statement that it's the blood never dries because of all the people that have to be killed in order for you to maintain your empire, right? And so she, her death marked the end of an era. And so what I think that we're now going to find with Saturn and Pisces, possibly, as well as, you know, the other changes, especially Pluto and Aquarius that we're going to have, I think that that's really significant for um, the monarchy in, and um, when we think about the last time we had Pluto in Aquarius, it was the French Revolution, bare things were going in, in America, you know, I feel that the next 20 years for the monarchy marks their end. Um, but that what that means is that then there's a national identity crisis because that is the aspiration, isn't it? Let's all give our money and our land to this family that we believe are naturally born to rule over us. So then what happens when we're realizing the disparity and the incongruence of that power dynamic? What do you do? That, that's, who, that's what you've pinned your identity to. What do you do? Yeah. And it's kind of a personal crisis too, because it's like, who am I? What do I, yeah. What do I do? Like, how do I live my life too? Yeah. Um, I, I have that around football or soccer, as you would call it. I can't support England. Like I cannot yeah. bring myself to support England and, and the, knowing very well that there are other imperialist entities that also participate in this sport. And I don't feel that way about them. Even with black players being on the team, I find it really hard. And I guess yeah. there's something I need to address. Like you said about this being personal as well, about the personal rage I feel when I see other black people supporting England. I understand that, yes, we have these, you know, you might just want to support because that's part of your identity. You've grown up here. You, you were born here. That's all you know. And you, as well as, as much as you know about the racism and this and that, this is still part of your identity regardless. So you want to support your national team. Whereas for me, I'm just like, no, no. Yeah. And I feel that, the, yeah, there's something for me to explore. There may be a sense of learning to detach from, or detach the, what the football is to my personal feelings, but I also feel like they're representative because the fans, the moment that the black players don't score or they don't do what's expected of them, they start receiving a barrage of abuse on social media mm. or the monkey emoji. Mm. So it's just like, I'm not wrong, but and I don't think I'm entirely right. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's people where you are and then it's maybe not like the, like the mainstream, like, media angle like it's it's kind of hidden but mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And and like you say, it's not really a conversation that we then have publicly. So what do you mean you don't love this country? If you don't love it, get out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the fear of never even being able to say what's on your mind because you're going to be told to go back to where you came from. Right. It's a whole yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's my Scorpio Mercury, but it is that thing of like, oh, but can we talk about this thing? Because I think that is really important for us to address. And then everyone's like, shut up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Get out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess maybe it depends it depends on people's charts and the houses, houses that these things are happening in. Um, but I guess for January into March, maybe the first quarter, is there a would you say is there a collective vibe that people are encouraged to be on? Um, maybe a slowing down or something is there a collective thing well when we've talked about collective things but do you think that there's a collective vibe that will serve us the most just from your explorations thus far well you know that's going to be when um you know that's so from january to march that's kind of like before all the like major stuff in 2023 happens so saturn going to pisces um pluto going to Aquarius so it's actually like um like more like this year so far mm-hmm. and then we have Jupiter in Aries so that's you know that's Jupiter is in Aries like this last summer to summer of 2022 mm-hmm. uh so it's coming back into Aries transiting through Aries during that time it leaves for Taurus in May so mm-hmm. it goes through April you know March April too but uh and the Jupiter Aries, I think it's significant when um, like a planet, like a, a slower moving planet transits a cardinal sign mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, yeah, because it marks like the end of a season, the beginning of a new one. Um, so that's actually maybe a, like kind of speeding up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I look around, I see a lot of people talking about like wanting to slow down. I'm feeling it too. And like, I don't want to speed up this resistance. Mm-hmm. kind of to um maybe like the speeding up feeling of jupiter and aries even and i think it's really fair because there's actually just like so much speed with jupiter and aries sometimes um mm-hmm. yeah and i mean uh maybe maybe connection being important during this time because of the speeding up it's like yeah what i mean what uh you know like, what do you like kind of like lose if you're speeding up is actually just connection. So maybe that important. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because that is the thing when we had Saturn in Aquarius, we had all of this stuff happening in Aquarius 2020, all of that stuff, people missed connection because things yeah. slowed down so much and things right. locked off and closed off. Mm-hmm. Now Jupiter and Aries means that, yeah, you're out and about and yeah, you're running up and down, but you're still missing out on the connection yeah yeah oh like what what is connection what is connection because yeah, is- we don't have it standing still don't have it speeding up what is it what is what it, is it? Um, it's that that physical feeling we were talking about earlier where it's like oh you just know some things like yeah you just know something yeah and it's intentionality i feel like it's intentional to connect yeah. it's to be intentional mm-hmm. like i there are, you know, we, I read about couples and things and, um, I've experienced it myself where, um, your partner can say to you, oh, I was trying to connect with you on this thing that I enjoy, but you were busy doing such and such. And so it makes you think about the fact that, well, connect, 
connection is intentional. Like somebody wanting to connect with you and you wanting to connect with them and and busyness can sometimes mean that you're offered opportunities to connect, but you're missing them or do not have the time to honor them and yeah. accept the offer yeah. because you're just about. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then for some reason, like the business, the business like feels like a little bit more urgent. Yes. Um, maybe that's Jupiter. Yeah. It feels urgent. Sometimes it feels addictive as well. Um, the need to be busy in order to quell the dread of, well, what's going to happen with all of this? Because sometimes when I feel like when I sit really, really still, I'm just like, so what's going to happen with all of this? As in yeah. like, like what, what, what is the end game? Because yeah. we've got uh, Greta Thunberg telling us about climate change, this and, you know, Vanessa and all of these um, young uh, climate activists. And they're speaking about the actual uh, uh, condition of the mm-hmm. earth, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got other people that are talking about other things and other things. But all I'm thinking is like, okay, so what's going to happen? Right. Yeah. You know, that's something with Pluto and Aquarius too, is, um, you know, it'll be in there for 20 years after 2024. So it's going to go into Pisces in like the 2040s. Yeah. Uh, and then, so if, you know, if we don't do anything, like by the time Pluto goes into Pisces, the Colorado river is actually going to lose like most of its water. Wow. I know. So, you know, that's a, that's a river that feeds, I think three different states at least with yeah with water. Um and yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's pretty scary. So we know, you know, Jupiter or sorry, not Jupiter, Pluto going into that water sign. Um yeah, what wow. what could happen. Yes, yeah. And us being urged. That's the thing. Like mm-hmm. we're being urged to, we know that it makes sense. So why are we not doing it? That's sometimes what I think about. Like we know this thing is right, or we know this thing is wrong. Right. Yet we are not doing anything about it. I mean, and I mean collectively, because sometimes individuals, there's only so much individuals can do. And I look at what's happening in Afghanistan um, and the girls and women not being able to continue with education. um, And that stresses me out. Like it literally stresses me out because I'm like, well, do we, what do we do? Like, what, what do we do? Um, and I don't know if that's imperialist in and of itself, because maybe that's the, well, I don't think it's exactly the same, but the motivations that another country could have, they go, we're going to go in and we're going to solve this for them. It's very paternalistic. Mm-hmm. But but for me, it's more of a case of wanting to intervene to protect the girls and women, but knowing that I essentially don't have that power. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a feeling of powerlessness. Which, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I mean, that's why it, like hey what can we do like that feeling sometimes can feed into that feeling of powerlessness at least for me yes same same and so when I look at how that's playing out and Saturn being in Aquarius that that's for me what feels like the restriction like this is the institutional body that restricts the masses so at Uh what point do the masses realize their power and go actually no but then Saturn's already moved on. So is it having a conversation outside of what Saturn's doing? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's the Mars retrograde happening right now. Even like there's, there's so many like strikes going on. Yes. And then, yeah. I know they seem like, they seem small for some reason when I hear about them because I only hear about like the isolated, ins- 
like incidents. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like there's so many too. Yeah. So there's, uh, do you find that there's lots where you are? Because there's a lot in the UK. I heard about the postal workers in the UK. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, there's the railroad workers over here. And then there's um, like publishing. They're they're striking. Uh, The new school has been uh, striking. And then, uh, you know, like, uh, what's it? The Philadelphia Art Museum I saw, uh, they were outside. So, yeah, yeah, there's been a, quite a few, I think. Whoa. Because, yeah, over here, same, we've had the postal strikes, we've had the nurses, the rail strikes, the doctors are planning to, I think, go on strike as well. Um, the paramedics, I think, like so many, and I'm in support of it because over here, what it should do is trigger a general election because that's a collective dissent to not being happy with governmental policies. Um, so, the government will have to take into account that the people are unhappy and they want an election. They want to choose again. Um, But for some reason with even the number of people who were striking, that's Mm -hmm. still not triggering what they, what people want. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's a general, sorry, what's a general election? Yeah. So a general election is when we, um, it's, I guess, the equivalent to your um, your elections. We call it general elections. Yeah. So when we choose the next government and then okay. the leader of that party mm-hmm. is then the prime minister. Okay. Yeah, so, I see. Yeah. yeah. So for the yeah. last however many decades we've had um, the conservative party and their equivalent to the Republicans and um, people want the, what should be the equivalent of the Democrats, I would say in the labor party. But again, everything's become so convoluted and muddy where um, people who should be quintessentially sort of like um, focused on democracy and um, socialism and things like that. They're not. You know, it's become yeah. very murky what mm. exactly you're voting for. So I guess it takes us into the territory of the lesser of two evils. In how, That's how I view it anyway, because we've got other little parties outside mm. of that. We've got the Green Party. We've got other little parties outside of that, but they don't have enough seats to mm. have the power. So we've only, we've only got these two parties to choose between, essentially, for now. Yeah. Um, um, but the, lead, the uh, leader of what should be the socialist party that encourages, um, you know, fairness for all and things like that, he's a sir. So he's knighted and he's... Oh, wow. Right? Like, so it's, yeah. it's a, it, there are so many contradictions about right. um, his persona, but we're told that, no, he is for the people. He is for the people. Give him time. And so we're trying to give that time. But with everybody striking now, it does mean that if we do get that general election, that's probably where people are going to feel a bit unsure because they don't really want to vote for him if it means that we're just right. getting a light version of the Conservative Party. Yeah. But then you don't want to vote for the Conservative Party either. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's, that reminds me of, like, I mean, this is a TV show. I watched, like, the Peaky Blinders where mm-hmm. he, like, like the main character, he actually like runs for office or something under socialism or communist as a mm-hmm. communist. And he's, I mean, he's definitely a capitalist. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I watched that part. I was like, dang, that's, that's so real. 
Yeah. And that's literally what we have here. So today an announcement was made that the current prime minister, Rishi Sunak, he gave a speech and he basically said that one of his proposals to essentially fix the economy is that young people should must study maths up until the age of 18. And people are like, no, it's enough for us to study up until 16. You don't have to force us. To keep studying it up until the age of 18 Because we can still do the calculations now And we see that the economy is in a dire state And I think that even that feels like gaslighting sometimes When, you know, especially for poor people Or people, you know, who um, are not socioeconomically, I guess, robust Because of the society that we're in, right? Um, When they're told, oh, here's a financial literacy course I didn't tell you I wasn't financially literate I did not financially literalize Or whatever money that I do not have Yeah, yeah I was actually just thinking this morning Like, yeah, you know Finance is a struggle for me because I'm bad at math Or because I'm black at finance (laughs) (laughs) A little joke I made in my head (laughs) Yes But (laughs) Guys, it's a, it's a, it's, it is a lot, but you know, people don't want it. They don't want to. This is why that's, that's basically, this is why our country's in the state because you're, you all don't know maths. Do we all (laughs) need to know maths though? Or do you (laughs) need to know maths? You that's running the country needs to know maths. We don't really need to know maths. But also, people know math. Like, Hmm. yeah. And then what, I don't know. Like, yeah, like, uh, like I can add things, you know, like I can subtract, <laughs> like, like what, like, like just what kind of math, like, is it like, you know, like algebra or something like that? Because I mean, I, I'm sure I could figure it out. I don't remember so much. But well, like, that that is true as well. Like, what kind of math do you want us to do? We've already we can right. all do the basics, and the basics are enough. So it's not yeah. like we're going to be in um, what is it, uh, the shopping mall, and we need to figure out the Pythagoras theorem. We don't need it to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, so this is this is something that Andrew Yang was doing. He was, like, running for president uh, in the United States. And he, like, I think he wore, like, a cap that said math on it. Like, he's really promoting math. Yeah. And then I'm like, what is it about these, like, kind of conservative, like, not, like you know, and he's a Democrat, but, mm. like, kind of conservative, like, Asian cis men who are, like, so, like, Attached to promoting like a paternalistic version of math or logic. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, a lot of people are mad at him for like you know promoting like yeah math too. Yeah, and, like, you're you're playing a stereotype things like that. And and this is literally what we have with Rishi over here. It is that is that oh that's all you need to do. Do this academically. Don't worry about emotions Don't worry about feelings Just know math And everything will It's so funny that it was specifically math Not science Not, you know Just specifically It's like, what? Like We're good We're good That's not the problem But Yeah, it is It is interesting to To kind of See how the world plays out And see how it plays out In the stars it's a version of reality avoidance. Math is a type of poetry. That's true. That's true. That is that <laughs> is. He's just like just you can you figure you preoccupy yourself with sorting solving this equation, and then you won't be worried about the fact that you can't turn on your heating. Right. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. what will keep you warm. Just do that formula. Work it out. 
Yeah, that's that's maybe Saturn going to Pisces too, because um, yeah, you know the mathematical holiday Pi Day is in Pisces season. Oh wow! <gasps> yeah. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah, March fourteenth, oh, because the three point one four. Oh oh oh! Look at look at that! Oh, because <laughs> we read it. That's probably why I didn't know because we yeah. read it fourteen point three. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Wow. Because like our daytime, yeah. like we say 14th of March, you'd say March yeah. 14th. So oh. the month before the day. Oh, you're, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. My mind is blown right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm always confused around 9-11. Cause I'm just like, huh? That, yeah. you know, it's the other way round. You November know? 9th. Yeah. yeah. So I've got mm-hmm. to remind myself because I, otherwise I keep thinking it's um the 9th of yeah whatever yeah yeah, it just gets very confusing but um no thank you Alice I'm really glad we got to have this chat and I hope that uh you'll come back to talk to us about more things so the journal you can get the journal on um Alice's website it's called a small astrological journal 2023 and um post-colonial astrology as well it's on your website as well to purchase right or you could get it I got mine through Amazon I think was that did I yeah. Yeah. And anywhere you can get books. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you go to my website, the link takes you to Mill Mundos. And then, like, in addition to being books, like, they're also a mutual aid network. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It's, you know, same price everywhere. <laughs> mm. Mm. No, that yeah. makes sense. Okay. Cool. So these are places that you can um, purchase. Alice's amazing work and also check out the blog site and also um, subscribe, subscribe, because that is a great way to learn through Alice's work. Like it's a great way to just have like beautiful, like beautiful ways of just uh, another perspective um, on understanding astrology. So um, I definitely welcome it. I feel like I've grown from being able to read your work. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you. I've grown through this conversation with you, through you know, both our conversations. Uh, yeah, through I mean, interacting with you a little bit online too. Yeah, yeah. thank thank you for having me on. It's, oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I I just want us all to be kind of equipped with more language, you know, and more to consider. And I like the idea that maybe it's that uh, Pisces vibe of not quite knowing, but just kind of swimming along and just seeing what's there you know like oh this is interesting or you know on a boat just floating along and figuring it out so thank Mm. you for being a part of our journey thank you thank you well I hope you enjoyed that whole convo with myself and Alice um just great like what are we thinking about what is coming ahead um and I do, again, it's not necessarily anything to fret about. We just know these things and we move. We never expected 2020. And yet, you know, we found, I mean, you know, RIP to the people that we lost, but, you know, we found some way through. And I think that whatever comes, we will just figure it out. And there are exciting transits this year. And it's just about seeing how that plays out um, in the public spaces and also in our more personal intimate spaces as well. This, uh, moving on to So You Mad, cause I'll do that nice and quickly. Harry's book, Prince Harry, his book <coughs> apparently accidentally came out 
in Spain. And so, I mean, how does a book accidentally come out is my whole thing, but whatever. Like, so it comes out here. I'm in, well, it comes out in the UK, I guess, America on the same day. It's meant to be Tuesday. Probably it's Tuesday the 9th. I don't know. But um, he's doing um, interviews in the lead up to it, Sha. Um, I think one of them is on tonight, Sunday night, but it'll be early. It'll be Sunday night in America. So, or Sunday evening in America. So I guess it'll be the early hours of the morning for us. And everyone's trying to, well, the people who do all this punditry stuff would be trying to stay up to, or wake up early to watch it so they can comment on it. Um, the excerpts have been flying around about the book. Um, a lot of the girlies are upset. You know, they're like, oh, he's ruining the royal family. He's ruining the royal family. Is he? Is he the one ruining it? I mean, go ahead and ruin it if that's what you're doing. But is he the one? Is Andrew also not there? I mean, we talk about just Andrew, but the monarchy, the the, the participants or the members of the monarchy are, are individual, in themselves, are individual reasons to end the monarchy, each and every one, in one way or another. So... It's not just Harry. He's just highlighting, I guess, why they need to go. But, you know, there was an excerpt that, you. so first of all, you're taking into account that the things that he's saying has to now be translated from Spanish, right? Um, and so even with the best translator, you've now got this thing, uh, but people are posting like <coughs> excerpts from it, particular excerpts, like, oh, he he lost his virginity to an older woman. I, or, or were they the same age, but she was slightly older? I don't know. Outside of the pub, um, a field in a pub, took lots of drugs, he said, when he was around 17. Um, then he shot or killed 25 Taliban members or members of the Taliban just lots of information But again Because they're excerpts You're not seeing everything In the in its entirety And it feels like What he's grappling with Is all um, He talks about his bigotry um, Calling people All manners of things Based on their race and ethnicity Child He has done a lot um, And a, I don't know Is he saying that Megan was the one that changed this Or he had started to change Before Megan He's had a tumultuous time In life And um, did he mention at some point that Charles questioned whether he was his son and um, that they begged him, begged Charles not to marry Camilla? Oh, there was a lot. But that 25, killing 20, uh, 25 Taliban thing obviously sparked a lot of outrage because some people were like, you don't disclose the number. We don't do that in the military. We don't do this. We don't do that. But maybe we, well, we definitely need to have a conversation about the military like too. Like as he describes <clears throat> in the excerpt that I saw You're trained not to see The people, your opponents as human So, and at that time Would have been around the time That he was bigoted anyway So, I don't know Everything's just a bit murky for me But it was just very interesting To see how people who On any other day Are like, yeah, patriotism Rule Britannia, yeah He's fighting for his country Suddenly it's like, oh, you shouldn't be saying this But didn't he already say this like, what, nine, ten years ago He'd already talked about the same thing And you didn't have a problem with him sharing then The people that he was killing It's just all weird to me Very, very weird to me I, like We'll know when the book comes out in it And people can share things in actual context But it's just a lot is going on And I get that 
maybe he's trying to make peace with some demons within him or girl, I don't know. It's just a lot. Okay. It's just a lot. Um, also in So You Man, I mean, I won't talk about it too much. There was uh, a young girl, she was vaping, a young white girl, she was vaping on the train. And um, I think the passengers on the train told her to stop. And a video, a couple of videos have gone viral of her where she's talking like this and saying like, but what can you do there? What do you know there? Yeah. What do you know? I can do. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. She's talking like that. And <coughs> yeah, I, I think the jury's out on this one. They're, I don't know how I feel about it. I saw a second video where an older white man is like telling her about herself or just like mocking her and the carriage, the train carriage, the people are laughing. And there is a moment where you kind of see her mask slip and you see that kind of shame. And that caught my heart because I was just like, oh, like when children act out in that way or young people act out in that way, there's definitely something going on emotionally, behaviorally at home. Like, And it's usually instigated by something at home. I don't know. But um, that doesn't excuse her behavior. I'm just trying to, I, look, I don't even know what I would have done, right? Because you know me, bad man, I take back chat. I don't know what I would have done. I could only hypothesize based on what I've seen of that video. Um, and I'm not in a, really in the business of wanting to argue with teenagers anyway, to be honest, because they'll just mention some obscure fact about you or one of your features and your life is ruined forever. I don't have time. I don't have time for that. So I cannot be crying because a 13 year old told me that one of my eyes is a bit wonky. No, I'm good. I am so, so good. Okay. Um, but yeah, people are having that whole conversation because there are some disgusting comments um, posted on um, under the video about her, like fat shaming this, that some people are actually wishing death on her. And I'm like, come on, be fucking for real. Like, yes, she's, she's moving wild, but come on. And again, why are you va- vaping on the train? Like there are so many conversations that we need to have about the way that as a society, we are raising young people in this country um, who feels like they can break the rules and, who doesn't feel like they can break the rules and what are the repercussions of that? But it's also the way that people are like, oh, she's speaking like a Jamaican gangster. She's speaking like this. She They're attributing her poor behavior to blackness. And I feel like I have a problem with that. But again, the thoughts need to form fully because there is a lot going on. Um, France, oh yeah. So, <coughs> pardon me. <clears throat> I saw this weird ass story. I don't know what, how true. I need to find out more information. But um, the women's team of uh, Paris Saint-Germain, is it how do you say it? Um, is a t- Someone tweeted, it's a toxic snake pit at the best of times, but the scandal tearing their women's team apart is truly insane. From assaults by masked men to flings with French legends, the Ham- Hamraoui affair um, has it all. Um um, story begins summer of 2021 when PSG signed French midfielder Kira Hamraoui from Barcelona. Um, she's reunited with her friend and former teammate Aminata Diallo, who she holidayed with in Dubai the year before. But the good vibes don't last long. Um, when Hamraoui, um, Hamraoui, um, um, or is it Hamraoui? 
I don't know, and walked straight into the starting lineup, taking Diallo's central midfield slot. Rumours circulate of infighting in the squad. Diallo texts a friend to say she wishes her teammates all pain, and police later find evidence of her deep jealousy of Hamrai. And Hamrai is, um, looks white, and um, Aminata is black. Um, in a bid to rekindle team harmony, PSG arrange a meal at Le Chalet de Ile, is it? Um, in um, elegant lakeside eatery in Paris's Bois de Boulogne. Oh, it's bare French words, fam. All we know is Le Bangueur out here. Thank you so much. And we oui, we. Oui. Anyway, over dinner, it emerges several players have received anonymous calls from a man warning them that Hamrai is a toxic and to keep their distance. After the meal, Diallo offers Hamrawi and defender Sakina Karchawi, a wild Nah, these names are something. A lift home. Um, they've just dropped off um Karchawi or Kashwi Karkawi um off when two masked men appear, drag Hamrawi from the car and set on her with iron bars. Um, she says, I saw that they were targeting my legs. That's what she recalled later. And there are pictures of what her legs looked like after they set upon her with iron bars. I thought they would have broken their legs, but anyway. Um Mysteriously, they also scream, you touch married men as they beat her, Ra. Hamrawi is adamant that somebody from the club is involved, naming the husband of another PSG teammate as a potential suspect. So you were sleeping around, baby. (coughs) Sorry, I made that shady comment and the spit went in another part of my throat. In another part of my throat. Um... While recovering from deep gashes to her legs Oh, they gashed her legs She's forced to miss training And crunch a Champions League tie against And a crunch Champions League tie against Real Madrid In her absence, Aminata Diallo slots into midfield And turns in a star performance as PSG win 4-0 But at 6am the next morning Diallo is woken by a loud banging at the door of her apartment It's the police The heavy-handed um, police arrest her on suspicion of orchestrating the attack and drag her away in cuffs. It turns out police had already bugged Diallo's phone because of her links to a man suspected of extortion. In the days before the attack, they'd caught her googling dangerous drug cocktail and how to break a kneecap. Girl! Diallo spends the night behind bars but denies all charges and is released from custody. Then investigators drop another bombshell. The SIM card in Hamraoui's phone is mysteriously registered to legendary French left-back Eric um, Abidal, now sporting director at Barcelona. Days later, Abidal admits to having an affair with Hamraoui, who he met while she was playing for Barcelona. Woo! He pleads his wife for uh, pleads with his wife for forgiveness on Instagram, but they love. Why do men who cheat love pl- asking you for forgiveness on Instagram? So now you're humiliating them. For, like you want the world to know further that you're a fucking piece of shit. Jesus. Anyway, he pleads with his wife for forgiveness on Instagram, but it falls on deaf ears, and she files for divorce. Good because she's going to take that money. Meanwhile, still shaken by her night behind bars, Diallo returns to PSG training, but things have turned ugly. Fuming at Hamraoui's seemingly false accusations (coughs) against Diallo and a teammate's husband, several players ask for their lockers to be moved away from hers. 
gosh, come talk about redecorating. Huh, it's not sparking joy, baby. When Hamrawi is called up for France and Aminato Diallo isn't, two teammates celebrate a goal by making an A for Aminata. And when it seems all of Paris is against uh, her, when PSG Ultras unfurl a banner backing uh, Diallo, the club call a crisis meeting, but bigger problems are looming. PSG women's manager is fired after accusations of inappropriate behavior and ass grabbing. He's accused of telling one player you want to be spanked you want that right you want to be spanked I will spank you he denies the allegations and no charges are brought um with the team racked by infighting they lose the division one title to Lyon by 11 points then in September Versailles uh Versailles um police uh, announced a major breakthrough they arrest Diallo again along with two men who say they carried out the attack under her orders After five days of interrogation, loose-lipped detectives let slip a new theory. Diallo has split personality disorder, Lord. They say wiretaps caught her speaking in a deep voice, referring to herself as a man called Bilal. Uh, Diallo insists Bilal is a friend and it was him on the phone. After retrieving their dossier of evidence from the back of a cab, uh, detectives officially charged Diallo, promising French football's most scandalous court case in at least six months. Um, In the meantime, she's out on bail and um, has signed for Spanish side Levante, is it? Levant? Um, On a short-term deal. (laughs) Yeah, in case it cut out, it was just a long-ass story, basically. Um, about what's happening with um, Aminata Diallo. And I feel like I would like to see the Netflix of all of this. Like, yeah, I would like to see how, yeah, I would just like to see it because how is all of that happening? How is all of that happening? Like, it's even covered in the news. It says revealed pathological ex PSG woman star Aminata Diallo Googled how to break a kneecap and dangerous cro- uh, drug cocktail, according to bombshell allegations detailing her phone activity after she was charged in connection with iron bar attack on teammate. And that was from 20th of September, 2022. It is, that is a lot of information, baby. That is a lot of information. So that was my main piece for So You Mad. Like a lot seems to be going on with the the women's football team. I'm sure there's tea for the English women's team as well. So if you know of what's happening there, feel free to send it over. We haven't left football just yet. I just wanted to say that Ronaldo is moving over to Saudi because he signed with a team over there. And my God, you can't even move over there and live with your partner if you're not married to them. And basically they are willing to, the Saudi authorities are willing to overlook the fact that Ronaldo is not married to his girlfriend in order to, he's basically petitioned them um, in order for him to play for his new team. I don't know how I would feel as his girlfriend. Maybe she doesn't care. You know, maybe she's just having a great time. I mean, we still can't forget the fact that he admitted to um, trigger warning rape. Um, He admitted to that. Um, even though he wasn't doesn't he wasn't charged and about the what he detailed was rape and I just don't ever want that to ever be forgotten but you know, alleged rape whatever anyway um I don't know how I'd feel if I was his girlfriend because he's basically gone instead of marrying you which would be the easiest option I'm just going to petition this country that doesn't this is their law 
They do not allow for people who are unmarried to live together in that or to you know move there and set up a home together in that capacity. I would rather petition them to let me. I would rather them change their laws than for me to just easily just give you a ring and call it a day. I don't know. I don't know. It just feels, whew, it just feels a little bit, it stings a little bit. It stings just a tiny bit. It's smart. Ooh, I don't know, but she might not care. She might not care. It is what it is. Straw of the week, AKA suck your mum. All I really wanted to say was the NFL need to suck out. Um, this is about Damar Hamlin. Um, you know, he passed out on the field uh, last week now. And the fact that the NFL even considered consider continuing with the game, they had to use a defibrillator to bring him, you know, to and and you know, everybody, nobody had ever seen that happen before, ever seen something like that happen where a player um collapses on the field and their heart stops. Like nobody's ever seen that happen before. And the next thing you're telling the other players who were still about that they should re-warm up um because they might be getting back. On the field I love that the team Started packing up their shit Like what? After something like that And Damar Hamlin being a black man And even Reading some headlines Where people are like Oh after what happened To Damar Hamlin We need to remember That these football uh, These American football players Are human Bitch how did you forget? And you can only forget Based on The demographics uh, The the overrepresented demographic That plays um, American football that plays in the NFL That is the only way that you could forget Because it's mainly black men You can forget because and, and I feel like it's sports across the board Black athletes are treated as if they're property Like football players over here Or soccer or whatever you want to call it The way that black players are spoken about How they're treated it's disgusting. It's so inhumane. But again, I feel that sometimes, and this is my hot take and this is my reach. I feel like the reason that people um, love these sports in certain regards and love having these black players on these teams is that, first of all, we should look at the how, in, especially with American football, it feels like these black players are literally bred. You know, like, you know, they're, it's a breeding to get them there the same way that one would um, would, would breed the enslaved um, people. You, you want them to be a certain build You want them to be to be able to run a certain speed So when you see them you're like Oh you look good We're going to take you You know you come and do this thing But they're not treated Even though you're like Oh yeah they're being paid all of this money They're being paid all of that money With no real financial security If you think about it Or job security Or life security Should something happen to them Outside of the fact They're not really and so, yeah, you might get this money, but what does that money mean in the grand scheme of things when you're injured or you've got these concussions or whatever later on in life or you even during the sport and then no, they're not going to pay you after that. You're fucked. What then? So back to my point, I feel like people enjoy having these black players because it's how they can feel like they can, they in some way feel like they still own a black person and you should be doing this. Run faster, you piece of shit. Why didn't you do it like this? Why didn't you do it like that? That's the vibe I get from it. And it makes me uncomfortable. I just feel like a lot of, especially in America, a lot of the sporting industry follows a a similar framework to that of slavery and how black athletes are objectified. Yes, they're being paid 
yes so there is the that difference and yes i guess essentially they are coming to these sports willingly but if we even look at the societal or socioeconomic aspects of this what would they be doing outside of this because they're limited in so many ways of course we know that there are opportunities but at the same time you almost feel like this is the only way quote unquote out so I just wanted to say that just that suck your mum to the NFL for even thinking that they were going to continue with that game after that happened to DeMar Hamlin. Um, he's up and well and he posted um, recently. So thank God for that. But the NFL really, really needs to do a lot of soul searching for, but they can't search for something they don't have for how all of this moves forward because it's actually wild. Um, following on from that in terms of soul searching, this six-year-old that went and shot um, his teacher at school I, again america's pluto return what god they say that the condition of the teacher is improving but he intentionally took the gun to school it says here the condition of a virginia teacher left seriously injured when she was shot by a six-year-old pupil has shown signs of improvement um abby's verna uh, suffered life-threatening injuries after she was shot with a handgun at Richneck Elementary School in the city of Newport on Friday. Um, Mayor Philip Jones told the um, BBC that Miss Sverner's recovery was trending in a positive direction, but he added that she remained in a critical condition after the incident. Um, it's unclear how the child who remains in police custody obtained the gun. Officials said that while the school, which was uh, has around 550 students, had metal detection facilities, students were checked at random and not every child was inspected. Police have declined to say what might have motivated the incident, but Chief Steve Drew told reporters the shooting had come after an altercation in a first in a first grade age six to seven classroom and did not appear to be accidental. <sighs> It, um, America has a lot to answer for It says here Virginia law prevents six-year-olds um, Being tried as adults Duh And a child would also be too young To be committed to the custody Of the Department of Just uh, Juvenile Justice If found guilty uh, but a judge could revoke The parent's custody of the boy And take him into sup- uh, supervision of the state Um I honestly don't know what to make of this specific situation. I just wanted to say a special suck your mom to America as a whole. Just America, the formation of what America is, the blood that was shed in order to create what we know to be America. Suck out. Because the other day it was a 10-year-old shooting his mom. Now we've got a six-year-old shooting a teacher. What are they going to be doing? Are they going to be busting shots in the womb next? Is that where we're headed? Like, I don't, like, this gun issue, like, is actually wild. Get rid of the fucking guns. Like, how much, how many more ways do you need to be told to get rid of the fucking guns? This is not okay. This is not okay. Like, this is, you know what? I, I ain't even got it. I ain't even got it. I, it's just so sad. It's so, so sad. And these are the things that America will have to reckon with. A six-year-old has now shot someone. What are we waiting for now? A a one-year-old? What are we waiting for? Like, from when 
a, 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 a shooter can go into a, um, a school, a kindergarten or elementary school and shoot up the place and you don't feel like at that point is when you need to lock off this thing. Like you, it has to be hell. You know, like sometimes we talk about, oh, go to hell. No, America in certain regards has to be hell. I'm saying just America, the world as we know it, this this existence that we're in, this collective reality what what could be different from this? Like, how is hell worse than this? It's wild. That's all I wanted to say. Gonna lock it off there and head home um, in my pajamas. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for rocking with me. Greatly appreciate it. We're second episode of the year and we're doing what we do. Uh, remember, you can get your tickets for the New York City live show. Um, it'll, the uh, link will be in the show notes. And um, yeah, you can follow um, at Say Your Mind or at Collection of Cough and support on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Collection Your Cough. Or thank you to Dipsy for sponsoring this episode. Thank you to Alice Sparkly Cat. Their information will be in the show notes as well. And yeah, I guess that's it. I hope that you all have a great week. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Help you sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping here Hard time scrolling for your long trots You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind